It is straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. We've got Thursday night football coming up later on tonight, kicking off on Fox. It is the beginning of Week 11, already at Week 11, a pair of six and three teams. The Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. That's an 8.20 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on Fox. And we have got stunning numbers about Russell Wilson in that game and in that matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, plus the Clay Thompson news devastating injury for the Golden State Warriors. All of that over the next hour here on Straight Out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas. Your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. I'm sitting on Fez's mic. I don't feel as smart all of a sudden, somehow. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Fez is with us on the third mic. And I got to tell you, this is the, th- the best Thursday game, I think, of the year and the most impactful. I mean, if you look at the odds, and that's where we're going to start, if you look at the odds for the NFC West, it is pretty much a toss-up. Seattle is a small favorite, plus 170. So still, 100 wins you 170. Rams next, plus 175. And then Arizona next, plus 190. So all three teams for the West between plus 170 and plus 190, Jonas. And I think we got to start with a game overview. And then at the end of the show, we'll do picks. Both teams dead even at 6-3. and three. Obviously, Sunday Night Football a few weeks back, it was the Arizona Cardinals knocking off the Seattle Seahawks, thus knocking them from the ranks of the unbeatens. Now they find themselves identical records heading into tonight's game, 8-20 Eastern time on Fox. And right now, RJ, on pregame.com, Seattle at home, a three-point favorite over the Cardinals. Okay, so let's think about what this line is telling us. This line is telling us that Seattle is the better team. Typically, home field advantage in the NFL is three. Some are saying maybe that's a little outdated. Maybe even before COVID, it should be less. That's debatable. What we know for sure is during COVID and thus the lack of fans. It might be no fans. It might be partial fans in various venues. But the lack of fans has made home field advantage much smaller. It was just a week ago, literally, six days ago, right after the Tennessee-Indianapolis game, that this deep into the season, the road teams had had more points than the home teams. So the Pythagorean approach of saying just in the long run, the points are what matters, not wins and losses, means that there was no home field advantage. In fact, in theory, there was a home field disadvantage. Now, this week, week 10 that just passed, 
home teams did fairly well, they have a small advantage now. So, Fez, over the course of the season, what is it, like a half a point per game? Yeah, I think just above a half a point. I'm currently giving one for home field advantage for home teams. Well, we know you're focused on yourself, but the math of it says a half. You're saying, I don't care about no math. I'm going to a one. Yes. When you entered the season, understanding the, the uh, limitations, the restrictions on fans, what was your assumption of what home field would be? One and a half. All right, so it's actually less by a fairly significant amount than you expected. Yes. So let's call it one. So Seattle favored by three. That tells us, you know something? Seattle's clearly better. Now, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, people would be saying, yes, and the sun sets and rises. I mean, you could say, you know, mountains are tall. Yeah, it's obvious you would say Seattle's better. But in the time, one, Seattle loses at Arizona. And then number two, Seattle's had multiple losses additionally, and Russell Wilson looks Human, if you look at the MVP odds, I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas, Russell Wilson was in some places a prohibitive MVP favorite. You may know this, you may not, he's never gotten an MVP vote. <laughs> and that narrative, I think, was driving a lot of, uh-oh, this is, he's cooking, this is the year. But now, Patrick Mahomes, plus 180, is the MVP favorite. Russell Wilson, number two, but dropping Plus 250, Aaron Rodgers 3 to 1, Kyler Murray 7 to 1, the fourth favorite. By the way, a quick aside on Kyler Murray. He has 10 rushing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, some would say the greatest running quarterback of all time in 2019 and 2020 combined. So the last two seasons, 10 rushing touchdowns. So I haven't heard a bunch about Kyler Murray's running, you know, compared to his passing, but he has as many rushing touchdowns this season as Lamar has the last two seasons, 10, and he's been running the ball more. This, to me, is key. There's been four straight games that that Kyler Murray has had 10-plus rushes. To start the season, he did that the first game and didn't do it the next four. So there was four in a row, less than 10 rushing attempts by Kyler Murray, and now there's been four in a row after that, 10-plus, 10 or more rushing attempts by Murray. I think, and Fez, we've always believed this, that a running quarterback who's good, who's fast, you know, who should be running— is a huge positive to a team. It's a huge positive, but it comes at a serious risk. And that risk is he's going to get hurt. It doesn't matter if you're as big as Cam Newton or shorter than me, like Kyler Murray. If you run enough against those monsters, you're going to get hurt because you're the one getting hit. If you were hitting them and you're as big as Cam, maybe. But, hey, let's be candid. A linebacker hurts his hand. They tape it up. Mm-hmm. Hard to tape up a throwing hand and throwing too effectively. So if you look at Arizona, and we'll get into multiple facets of them, but I think maybe the most important with Kyler Murray is passing so far hasn't been great. Running, it's been underreported and underanalyzed, and I think it's a huge part 
of the effectiveness of the Arizona team is Kyler Murray's running. And Kyler Murray is making some great reads in terms of when to run. I read a stat that like over 300 of his rush yards have occurred before he's actually gotten even hit once. So, in other words, when he has a read option, he goes ahead and takes the ball, and there's no one there to stop him initially, and that's helping him avoid a lot of big hits, especially at the line of scrimmage. And I think a team or a player's ability to run over an extended time as a quarterback in the NFL is not about how well you can take the hits. It's about avoiding the hits. And you're going to take some, but boy, if you can... And Russell Wilson has been a running quarterback that's done that in an outstanding way. Some say, oh, because he played baseball, he knows how to Hmm. slide. Who knows? But what we know is Kyler Murray doesn't take a lot of hits. Russell Wilson doesn't. They, so far, have been healthy. Obviously, less time with Kyler Murray, years-wise. Cam, who is much bigger, much stronger, in theory, should be able to take the hits better. But he, I don't know, can you take him doubly as well? Maybe. But if you take three times as many hits, it's going to be a net negative. It hasn't been physically yet, yet for Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Jonas, of all the things that we've opened the show with, what do you find the most interesting about this matchup? Well, we've talked about this before. The MVP vote is – it's a lot of narrative-driven. There, it's a, There's an emotional aspect to it. It's people voting on it and sort of what jumps out to them. And I actually wonder if one of these two guys could lose the MVP or a possibility, especially Russell Wilson tonight. It's a standalone game. You're in prime time. If you lose two to Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray and you broke down yesterday the struggles that uh, Russell Wilson has had against Arizona, I wonder if more and more people are going to look at Patrick Mahomes and say, oh, that guy's only got one pick on the season. He's been phenomenal, and now all the love starts to shift that way, as we've seen with the betting odds. I agree with you 100%. It's so about narrative. I think that it's more precarious for Russell Wilson than you even say. I think unless they win this game and Russell Wilson is the reason, he's out of it. I agree. So the narrative doesn't need to not be – he lost the game, it needs to be he won the game. Because otherwise, they're going to take away multiple national TV games in which he was a net, underwhelming performer. If you have one real bad one, and uh, you know, a friend of the show, Mike Lombardi, yesterday was saying he doesn't think Russell Wilson can win. He goes, you don't play that bad in a game that a lot of people are watching and win the MVP. That's an extreme take, but I'm probably one increment less extreme, as in, hey, you better make up for that game pretty quick. Because if the last two can be a wash, you know, the Rams and Arizona, he was really bad in one, Russell Wilson, he was really good in the other, I think you're okay there. Right? But if somehow, some way, he doesn't do that, I think that the takeaway here is, hey, he had a hot start. But there's a reason he didn't have any MVP votes before, right? Maybe that is what the narrative is going to be. And if you look at the first time these two teams played, and by the way, kudos, RJ, I know you were on Arizona, plus three and a half as a home yeah, dog. Yeah, that was a nice—we uh, got a little lucky on that one, but okay, I'll take it. Yeah, they won outright, and in that game, the narrative was Russell Wilson, hey, he put up a lot of big numbers, but come overtime, he absolutely did not get it done. So I don't think he can survive uh, in the MVP race without a big game tonight to make up for it. And remember, to some degree, who wins the MVP and who doesn't, really it doesn't matter 
right? I mean, it's something that, and Jonas, you've been in media for longer than me. 10 years ago, you know, let me do the math. 2010, there wasn't very much MVP talk in the middle of the year, was there? No, I I think this is all about odds and, and stuff like that being incorporated. I can tell you the last 10 Super Bowl winners. I can't tell you the last 10 MVPs. I just don't now, know. can you tell us the last ten Super Bowl winners in a row without without too much delay? Um, uh, I would need a break. That's no. I would need a break. Yeah. I would need a break. <laughs> what is the capital of North Dakota? Oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. But but you said something fascinating as we wrap our first part, and then at the end of the or the last whole segment of the show will be a handicap, a professional Vegas look. At who to bat. Fez, are you going to have a best bat or a prop? Prop bet. Oh, let me see. Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking that you have over in an Arizona player's rushing yards. No. Oh, all right. <laughs> I didn't really think that. I was just trying to. Get... No, I did. I did. All right. So but here's what I think Jonah said that was really right on point. I think that the fact that you have odds on it, almost like a stock price, right? You have to have a leaderboard to follow it. And before the MVP odds were out, but they just weren't prevalent. But now it's almost like you've got a leaderboard. And hey, how's the odds this week? Is another way, it's tantamount to saying who's the best player in the NFL? Who has the championship belt right now? And the idea that it was Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers neck and neck. Imagine the little horse. Imagine horses with their heads on it, right, mm-hmm. going down the track. Week one, week two, week th- well, you know, week one there wouldn't have been Aaron Rodgers. He would have been way back in the pack. It is interesting, but the players shouldn't worry about it, right? For us, it's a meta conversation. It's above the game in a way, and it's commenting upon the game, but it's not about the games, because to me, you look at an Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people felt like his he played the game the last couple years worried about interceptions because the narrative would be, oh, look, now he's throwing interceptions because he wasn't throwing the ball downfield as much. And a lot of people thought, you know, just like some people won't throw Hail Marys up at the end, right? And Jonas probably can speak to this better than me. A lot of quarterbacks will beg out of the Hail Mary, or they'll throw it out of bounds at the end of the half when the game's not on the line. That's a great point. And just, oh, it just accidentally went about two yards too long, right? Because that interception, yeah. you can you can physic it as much as you want and say, but two of those were at the end of the half. No one wants mm-hmm. to hear it. Yep. How many interceptions did that guy have? So, Jonas, to me, I think sometimes winning the MVP and winning games are actually at cross purposes. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And you, if, it's funny you mention it's like a horse race. You know, who's who's leading the race right now? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We were talking about Josh Allen as, as a legitimate MVP contender uh, in the NFL. And so I just think that was you, two days. Yes, that, that was about two <laughs> days. But nonetheless, <laughs> now, now here we are, and it does feel like we're starting to get a little bit of distance, and tonight's game could go a long way into creating more. More distance, I think. And it's another sample size, right? Is I found that the the 2010s all decade team was an interesting exercise. Because if you're looking over a 10-year period, you should know who it is. And most of those decisions were obvious. Tom Brady was on that list. Now, should it have been Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees? That's an interesting debate, but you got a decade to assess it. A couple weeks. That's one thing. A season is another, a decade, a career. 
as the scope expands and the sample size increases, your decision making becomes more assured. You're more confident. Same thing with batting. You got one week, you have limited info. You got a season, you got more. But if the season is 16 games, it's less than 162 or 82. And thus, when Fed says sample size, there is a little bit of it's warranted. But if only he would say it when he was 4 0, but not, you know, <laughs> then it's still sample size. But you don't hear it as much, Faz. Why is that? Yeah, I've been known to do uh, some favorable rounding on numbers <laughs> like that, sure. All right, when we come back, we are going to pick up. You know what we're going to do? We're going to cover. I think we do non-football a little bit. Let's talk about the draft because the odds actually told you who was getting picked number one, and it happened in the last couple hours. And what happened to Golden State? With Clay Thompson out, the odds have plummeted. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into a draft that you could have seen coming had you listened to this show yesterday. <laughs> Let me ask you, Jonas. I'm back on my favorite mic. How, how different do I sound right now compared to before? You Would you sound- say significantly or about the same? Yeah, it's significant. There's a big difference. Yeah. So what you're saying is all of the money and all the effort I make to make the show just 1% better actually pays off. Yeah, 100%. All right. <laughs> you don't seem too excited about it. You don't <laughs> like that if I have like 20,000 of equipment, I can almost sound nah, almost as good as you. And you can have a little, you know... A hundred dollar mic. So I don't think you even like that. That with all the best, almost like the six million dollar man kind of concept. What do you think? Well, I'm a small market team, and so <laughs> uh, you know we may. We I'm may the be Yankees. Able, yeah, we may be able to get to a World Series, but we're the Rays. We're not really going to win. Yeah, I don't know. You again. I'm saying you're the <laughs> Rays winning it in this case. So it's a fun day and a great day to join. And we will have an extensive handicap on this big Thursday night game. I mean, literally, I mean, I'll tell you this, the winner of this is the clear favorite in the West. No doubt. I mean, even, you know, think about this. If Arizona wins, they will be the favorite to win the West. And as much as we were talking about MVPs and how Patrick Mahomes is now past Russell Wilson, Wilson second, Aaron Rodgers third, Kyler Murray fourth, don't forget about Murray, second-year quarterback, that was expecting to surge. Well, who won the MVP last year? Second-year quarterback, Lamar, who surged. And who won it the year before? Second-year quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. So, we, as part of the narrative that we always discuss, driving the MVP, the idea that narrative is a big part of it, is the new thing, the new kid on the block. That is interesting. Because once you, you've seen Aaron Rodgers... Now, listen, the fact Aaron Rodgers... Fell off for a while, four or five years. He wasn't as good statistically. A lot of people were slow to see it, but it was true. Aaron Rodgers wasn't near the quarterback the last four or five years as he was prior to that and as he is this year. And as the Hollywood rule says, you can't come back unless you go away. 
in a way, Aaron Rodgers had gone away as a top, 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 top player in the league, and now he's back. So if you think about it, the one story that doesn't make any sense in a typical MVP narrative is Patrick Mahomes. That guy that won it two years ago and almost won it last year and won the Super Bowl. The MVP feels like it comes before all that, and it did. But he's playing so well, and no one else really is to that level. Big Ben, yes, but it's not about the Steelers. isn't about Big Ben. He's been serviceable. Where's Big Ben in your rankings? Number 13. Well, I don't like that as a Steeler fan. Make him 14 <laughs> or 12. But, uh, I, but what I'll say is, if Big Ben were the key to the Steelers, he'd probably be in the lead in this thing. Because that's a story. That's a comeback story. Right? So, this game, though, if Kyler Murray wins, is he maybe moving on to be... The, I mean, I'll tell you this. Russell Wilson probably can't win it. And at that point, if Arizona wins tonight, Kyler Murray has a better chance to win the MVP than Russell Wilson. Yes. True or false? True. And what's That's facing, a big game. That Kyler Murray Hail Mary, that is a Hail Mary. I can, I can make the case he's the only quarterback in the league could have done it. Not just Oh, Aaron Rodgers could make that throw. Aaron Rodgers would have gotten sacked. No, no he would way. not have been able to get away. No way. He's one of the, still one of the five or six most mobile quarterbacks. He just only has it in spurts, but he would have saved it. You see all the plays where he's hot dogging it the other time? He would have all had right. it. Speaking of surgeon, this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much. And we will continue working extra hard to make this the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Right now in Las Vegas, 73 degrees on the strip. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, last night was the NBA draft, and it was Anthony Edwards out of Georgia going number one overall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And if there's one takeaway we can have from this draft and the last draft, the NFL one, the Fez was 13 and two on, trying to make his monthlies. Been <laughs> RJ, I need a loan. Don't kill me on the vig. <laughs> I a point a week is all it would have been, Fez. Not the typical tip. You were more than generous. Yeah, I mean, I you know we had to write it up where the usury laws wasn't you know being broken, but weren't. Had a setback from the Korean ping pong. Had to make up for it. <laughs> but what we've learned is this: there's two types of information that people bet on. One is facts, and the other is speculation. Oh, look, I just figured out that this team plays zone and this other team isn't good against the zone. This quarterback isn't. That's speculation. You got raw facts, but then you're extrapolating from them. You're making assumptions, hypothesis ease about them, I think. Okay. But then there's the hey, Aaron Rodgers is out. I'm talking hypothetically now. Aaron Rodgers is out, or quarterback XYZ is out. And let's bet the under, or let's bet under his throne yards. But if they don't play, it doesn't count. But you see what I'm saying? It's, you, there's sure things that are around that information. Everyone mistakes the two. They act like a perfect, oh, this game's getting steamed. All that means is the Browns got steamed last week, right? Because of the weather. Yeah, close minus four and a half. All that, as you know, <laughs> is all that means is that before the assumption was the 50th percentile. The, the, the result that would have half of the time it would win and half the time it would lose was three, minus three. Then 
that moved over just a point and a half to the right, and now the average result was four and a half. That's it. That corridor between three and four and a half is what the information dictated, right? Whatever yeah. assumptions there were, it was weather or whatever in that game. But if it's something like who's going to win the MVP, now that one is a vote. So now you're trying to assume what people are going to think. So what happens in the Heisman poll? Sometimes you'll see the odds change because there's a precursor to the Heisman like that comes out a little earlier. Or there's a survey of voters and they get in for, but it's all about piecing together pieces of information. The draft's not like that. At some point, the number one team with the number one pick decides, the, the worst team in theory, says, we know who we're taking. We're taking XYZ. At that point, it might just be the secretary and three people that know. But within four hours, there's going to be about 40 people that know. Yes. Right? And maybe only one out of 10 of them have a betting account, but they all probably know people that bet. And within four more hours, the odds have moved. And that's what we saw yesterday, is even a day before the draft, Anthony Edwards was right there with LaMelo Ball as the co-favorite in that plus 100, plus 110 range, and then boom, 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 by showtime, he was what? Minus 260. 260. Mm -hmm. At that point, it was almost a sure thing. The one time you won a bet, and we've had a couple of these, Jonas, that we've been right on, is the fact that the odds went from even money to minus 260 typically would say, oh, too late. I'm done with that. I can't bet that. Oh, that team got bet up from 7 to 14. No. no. In that case, you don't want to bet that because you're getting the odds that have built in the new information, the new assumptions, weather or whatever. Here, it's like there's a, there's a fact. It's not a game that's going to be played. There's a fact that's going to be revealed. And that fact, when it gets out there, it shows in the market. No matter how protective they are, unless there's only one or two people, maybe, that knows, no matter how protective you are, it's going to get out there. And when you see that line, the odds adjust drastically the last 24 hours. It's almost always information. It's almost always factual. And it's the one time betting the steam, even at the late number, is the best bet on the board. Agree or not, Fed? Yeah, I agree. And I think back to the Super Bowl. What color will the Gatorade be? Mm -hmm. Who cares if it was 13 to 1 that's a week a, ago? That, that's a fact. That's not information that's part of a handicap. Exactly. And when it gets revealed. Jonas, as a aficionado of betting from the outside as a non-professional, does that resonate with you, the distinction? Yeah, and there was two examples that jumped out to me. You, I mentioned, and this was, remember Kyler Murray? I remember we talked about it on the air, when the Heisman Trophy odds drastically changed all of a sudden, almost overnight. I remember us talking about it on the air, that all of a sudden Kyler Murray was a significant favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Well, clearly somebody either got a peek at some votes or had a conversation with somebody and they knew that's how it was going to go. And I, I, I think that was a survey, if I remember, where they had they had some communication with like maybe 20% of the voters yeah. or something. Yeah, and then the other one was, um, if you recall, in 2018, the NFL draft, when 
the talks were who are the Browns going to take number one overall. It wasn't until that morning mm-hmm. that Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield was the guy. Before that, Mayfield Josh was Allen, about six to one. He was about six to yep. one the day before. And, and Josh Allen was actually rumored to be the guy that was going to go number one based on well, you know, he can throw the ball. Uh, he's got a, a great arm. Cold weather, it would make more sense. All of a sudden, the morning of Baker Mayfield shot up the charts, and then it ended up being that was the most accurate information because we were closer to the draft. Great point. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. So here's the recap. Is if it's a fact that's being revealed, that's when the steam is gold. Because yeah, you're paying extra, but if you know the answer, what's the difference really? Or if you almost are certain you know the answer, because you never can be certain. All right. The reason that with a game, oh, the game was three, now it's seven. The steam's on that favor. Yeah, but now you're playing at the seven and the steam stops betting. Here's the thing you got to realize. The steam stops betting when they think there's no more value. So if it goes from three to three and a half and they're still betting, that means they still think there's value. Four, they're betting. Five, they're at a certain point. Now, it's rare they're going to bet even from three to five, but at a certain point, they stop. That's the sign that there's no longer value because if they thought there was value, they'd bet more. So it's a powerful point, but everyone that thinks if all you got to do, you can go to pregame.com and see what the line was and see what the line is, that's not the way to do it. If you could get the old line, for sure, yeah. But if you got to play the new number, it's already almost guaranteed that they came in, the the Sharps, like a surveyor, and said, okay, a little more, a little more, that's it. Mm -hmm. Whenever they say that's it, that's when you get a chance to bet. (laughs) And they just decided not to bet there. So what do you think? You should do. And then we're going to tell you about the consequences to the Golden State odds with Clay Thompson's injury. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. So, one, as humans, let's be regretful of Clay Thompson's injury. By all accounts, one of the great guys in sports. And Quite frankly, old school, because to play and be so vital to all those championship teams and get relatively proportionally less credit than he deserved, a lot of people would have become obsessed with that and focused on that, and Clay Thompson never has. So I'm not saying I have any real knowledge of how good he's going to be after this, but it's pretty tough. Uh, You know, as you get older, uh, as a professional athlete with Achilles. I mean, we'll see with Kevin Durant, but then having two in a row, a knee and an Achilles, that's what tends to happen with these injuries is you get one injury, now you compensate a little bit. I mean, Fez, when you just walk out to the luxury car and stuff, if you have a little pebble in your shoe, we're going to hear about it, right? <laughs> I mean, didn't you play tennis with your, like, your four-year-old boy or nine-year-old boy and then your, your calf blew out or something? Yeah, and I still have a nagging calf injury three weeks later. You probably will have that the rest of your life. Possible. I think it's likely, actually. That's the fact of R.J. Bell. So what have the odds done? I don't think enough. So it was Golden State 8-1, to one, and they were right there. And a lot of people, you know, second tier, but right, you know, a lot of people forgot. You think about it, this is, in a way, the team that won 73 games, but older, right? Not the same sure. depth. And then injury for Clay Thompson, and they've dropped to 15 to 1. 
Fatties, I wouldn't mind booking. I'm not soliciting right now, but I wouldn't mind booking some 15 to 1, meaning I'll pay it if you want to put up, you know, 2,130. Yeah, I don't have a gaming license, but I sure <laughs> wish I did for anyone who wants 15 to 1. And the bookies, this is what they do, right? This is what they do. So I want to do one quick thing before we take our last break before. <laughs> Fez butchered these Andy Reid odds yesterday. So we're going to go back in time. And it was funny, Jonas. He goes, I did say that. And then we went back and listened, and he didn't. Right, Fez? <laughs> Correct. All right. So this is it. You're going to hear a lot about Andy Reid off a of bye. And the way that you got to think about it is, are we talking regular season? We talking playoffs? We talking straight up? Or we're talking ATS? So let's just focus on regular season, because that's the one you're going to hear a lot of. Right now, it's 19 winners straight up, four losers. 19 winners out of 23, that's 82.6%. It's pretty good, Jonas. It's pretty yeah. good. Now, ATS assumes everything, and in recent years, assumes the market's going to account for the buy, because everyone's talking about it, and still, 65% in the regular season off a of buy, Andy Reid, career, 15 ATS winners, 8 ATS losers. All right, Fez. You think you could do that right now if I had you do it, or would you still mess it up? I would do it fine. You think so? Yeah. Well, I'll take your word for it. When we come back, it's the biggest Thursday night game of the year, and we'll have our biggest handicap. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. R.J., week 11 in the NFL kicks off in a little over an hour from now on Fox up in Seattle where the Cardinals are on the road taking on their division rival Seahawks. Both teams 6-3, and three, but it's the Seahawks, a three-point favorite on pregame.com. Look ahead line. So this is before last weekend's games. Look ahead line was Seattle by five and a half. Then a couple days ago, line was Seattle two and a half. So we've seen it move down, down, down off of Seattle's loss and all the narrative about what's wrong with Russell. And then now as the line opened back up and settled at two and a half, and then the pressure's been up. So Fez, first off, what should this line be? I know you don't have a best bet on the side, but what should the line be, which will tell us your lean? My power rating say Seattle minus three. I didn't ask about the power rating. But I think the line should be four because the situations favor Seattle. How so? Seattle just gave away a game a month ago at Arizona. They led 10 late in the game. Now, Arizona won it, but Seattle surely is looking back at it. That's a game but, but, but that see, got away. This is what I don't understand. As they said on Spinal Tap, you can't go past 10. Well, actually, they said you could, but you can't. 10 out of 10 is the max. This game, is whoever wins it, will be the front runner to win the division. The NFC West is the toughest division in football. Who's got a lack of motivation here? Why do you need more motivation? Well, I think it's more about energy in terms well, of spinal tap. Energy is the same thing. I'm not sure Arizona can even get to 10 because they just had like the win then, of the year that, off see, a Hail then, Mary. But see, then that is a different uh, assumption. If you're saying... I think that Arizona's depleted 
and they can't get up to max effort because they lack energy, I can maybe accept that. And we see but that. But hold on. on. I know you want to change the subject. We're trying to back up to the mistake I think you made earlier. I don't think that motivation for getting back those darn Arizona t- that team is what this is about. And I'm asking you, do you believe it's what it's about? Is that a key point? I do think it's a key point. And the fact the, Seattle's off. You, you need to explain to me how it is that it's lack of motivation on any, either of these teams. How does Arizona have a lack of motivation relative to Seattle if Seattle they, is extra they, motivated? They don't. It's an energy issue for Arizona. So you've just taken each position twice on this. Do you not see what you said that I disagree with? You're saying because Arizona beat them earlier in a game Seattle should have won, Seattle's going to be extra motivated for redemption. That assumes they want the game more. Who wants this game more? Both teams want the game. So there's no distinction. No. You think Arizona might have an energy deficiency? Yes, coming off of that Hail Mary on Sunday, and now short week, have to travel over 1,000 miles, which is a bad situation for any Thursday night road team. Teams cover a little less than 40% in that circumstance. Bad for Arizona. Okay, so McKenzie, do you have, maybe you can just give it over air when you're ready, is what are the exact numbers? Is it 850 miles? Is that the distinction? Yes, sir. All right, so there's all kind of talk about road teams on Thursday night. But what we found out was if the trip isn't that long, it doesn't really matter. If it's more than 850, what's the numbers? 39% ATS, 27 and 42. 27 and 42. This one is over 850. And if it's not over 850, what's the odds or what is the record of the road team? After the Colts win, it actually ticked up to rounding out to 50% ATS for teams that travel less than 850 miles. So it's literally a coin flip. Yes. So think about it. You're going to hear a lot of blah, 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 road teams, blah, 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 home teams on Thursday. It's wrong. 850 or more, it's less than 40%. Less than 850 travel wise, it's exactly. 50%. Coin flip. Jonas, what's your main point on this game? If Arizona had lost last week, what is the line on this game? Because the difference is a Hail Mary between that and whatever this line is. Mm, I think this line's probably four, maybe four and a half. I think some of this movement from five and a half to three, and that was the look ahead line being the five and a half. I think that's about Seattle looking bad. Yep. But some of it's about general excitement for Arizona. I think it's a great question, Jonas. And and really, that doesn't make them any better, Arizona. Right. What it right. could do is have them more enthused. Fez says they might be tired. Maybe it's a matter of momentum. Maybe they are going to be propelled forward, Arizona, by this. Fez, you've got about 30, 40 seconds. You've got a prop best bet. Russell Wilson, rush yards over 31 and a half. He's already averaging 36, so I look like I'm getting value right off the top. And when does a quarterback run the most? In a high-leverage, critical game. Stakes are high. Stakes are high. He's willing to put his body on the line and run more, which we know is very effective. Russell Wilson, we're going to go over 31.5. I like this. Whatever doubts he's having, he would show it through running. Real quick, we talked about Russell Wilson versus Arizona. Last five years when they hosted Arizona, here's been his QBR relative to the other 16 games of the year. Three times it was the worst. Three seasons, it was 16 out of 16, 16 out of 16, 16 out of 16. The fourth year, it was 15th out of 16. So worst, 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 next to worst, and one average. 
That's amazing. I don't know why, but I can't ignore it. Russell Wilson does not play well at home against Arizona. If you miss any of today's show, including a full preview of the game that is kicking off a little over an hour from now, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, for a full preview of every game in the NFL this weekend, straight out of Vegas, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 